to A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Sunday from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Since 1983, Two Rivers Ford has been providing you award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. There's a lot going on here, just as there's a lot going on at Two Rivers Ford, but Jock Peterson just getting the Braves back in this game in the bottom of the fourth in the NLCS, and I got Sunday night football. I got two monitors going. I got baseball. I got football, and because I have both of those things, you have those things too, and you can bet on them in the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code A2Z Sports is how you do so. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is DraftKings Sportsbook, and you can get involved there at DraftKings Sportsbook using the promo code A2Z Sports. Of course, our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, GaryAshton.com, is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is where you go to sell for more if you are in the market to do so. And Brymac Mechanical will get you in your comfort zone. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. So, uh, last night was a shit show by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know what else to call it. It was the most bizarre four hours and 45 minutes of my life between the Tennessee Vols and the Ole Miss. What are they, the Land Sharks? Are they the Rebels? Are they the Black Bears? I don't know. But this has so been warped out of control because the, the environment was great. Neyland Stadium, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I, I wish that I, well, let me say this. I don't wish that I would have gone. It would have been cool to go, but I had I had a weekend off. Chose to spend it with my girlfriend. I made the right decision. Uh, but it was a cool scene. I hope that I at some point can experience Neyland Stadium in that way, but the result obviously ends up the way that Vols don't want it. To, the Vols fans don't want it to, and I think that a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of people get bent out of shape about uh, the result itself in ways that we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about the game. The game was fun, but why this whole thing misses the point is there's a fight being had around this game that it completely ignores what the game itself was. And that drives me insane. We're not talking about the fact that Hendon Hooker may miss some time and that Joe Milton may be the starting quarterback. We're not talking about the incredible performance that Matt Corral put on as, you know, uh, uh, undeniably quarterback one in this upcoming draft class. And probably he should be the Heisman Trophy favorite. We'll see how it plays out with Bryce Young at Alabama. But what Matt Corral did last night was unreal. It's not going to be about where Ole Miss stacks up in the SEC West or how much more Tennessee has to do given the slate of the next three games that they have ahead of them. Alabama, not in this order, but Alabama, Georgia, and Kentucky all on the road for Tennessee. No, it's not about that at all. It's about all the shit that people want to throw about this fan base is classless and, oh, this is a false equivalency here. Or, oh, let's look at the officiating. We're talking about everything except for the game itself, and that's what kills me about this. But I want to talk to you guys about it because I, I understand that there's a lot of different elements. There's a, a thousand different things. I mean, four hours and 45 minutes. It's impossible for a thousand things not to happen in four hours and 45 minutes. 
this game delivered in terms of drama, intrigue, hype, and then, you know, a little bit of, if you want to call it scandal, I guess you can, but that's what we're here to discuss over the course of tonight's show. So let's do that. Uh, Let me get your two rivers forward take. What part of the Vols loss frustrated you the most on Saturday? Now, not everybody in here is a Vols fan. That much I understand. But if you're a fan of college football, I'm sure this game did things to frustrate you as well. Two Rivers Ford take. What part of the Vols loss frustrated you the most on Saturday? Please let me know in the comment section, and we'll discuss at length here in just a second. You'll see some of the sights and sounds and hear from Lane Kiffin momentarily, which is, I'm sure, what Vols fans want to be doing uh, the day after a loss. But let me first tell you about what you do want to do. You do want to use Two Rivers Ford the next time you're considering shopping around for a new or pre-owned vehicle. Two Rivers Ford is the best car buying dealership around. It is the best possible customer service experience around. Two Rivers Ford is where you need to go. Because there's a variety of different things that makes Two Rivers Ford one of the most trusted, not just car dealerships, but one of the most trusted name brands in all of Tennessee. It's the way that they've done business since 1983, nearly 40 years in the industry, and how they'll do business into the next 40. They'll get you a great price. It doesn't matter if the distribution, the supply chain has been disrupted due to COVID-19, as so many of the products that we order and that we took for granted on a day-to-day basis pre-pandemic, now things are harder to come by. And some people, some companies will use that opportunity to jack up the prices on their goods because, of course, the demand remains. It's not what Two Rivers Ford does at, at all. And that's why you need to go out and experience the Two Rivers Ford experience for yourself. You can go visit them in Mount Juliet. It's just a little east of Nashville International Airport, or you can start your uh, window shopping online at tworiversford.com. You can find out more about all their new vehicles, including the 2021 Ford Bronco, as you see there below me, the 2022 Ford Maverick, the electric Mustang Mach-E, so many great vehicles at Two Rivers Ford and the best customer service. So what frustrated you most about that Vols game yesterday? Charlie Arp says you are obsessed with the Vols. I see you I call these streams. I don't know what you call these streams mean, Charlie. Um, And I'm not obsessed with the Vols. I'm talking about the Vols. Hell, I'm not going to be on tomorrow night. I'm a Titans reporter. I could have done a full Monday night football preview if I wanted to. I could have talked about the fact that A.J. Brown is questionable to play because he came up on the injury report today with an illness. I could have done all those things, but you guys want to talk about the Vols. And given that it appears, Charlie, well, actually, I can't see. What exactly is happening in your profile picture there? I just see a little bit of orange. Maybe I'm projecting that you're a Vols fan. Not obsessed with the Vols. The Vols are topic A tonight. The Vols are the biggest, I mean, they're one of the biggest stories in sports tonight. And again, it has nothing to do with the game, which is crazy to me. Uh, Oregon just scored again, says Jeffrey Benson. Um, Man, Jimmy Cage Smith says, man, the way the media is treating this, you'd think a Tennessee fan killed a fan from a different team because they were upset over the game. And listen, there are th- this is why I wanted to have this dialogue with you guys, because there are think pieces being written by people who don't know or understand Tennessee fans. Now, I'm not claiming that I know all of you or I understand all of you, and I'm not denying the existence of a certain segment of the fan base that ruined that experience last night. 
because there was a selfish component of that to make the game about the fans as opposed to the result on the field. Fans, start, If you weren't familiar with what happened last night, there was a fourth and 27 play. Uh, uh, you have uh, you have um, you have Hendon Hooker hitting the tight end uh, almost. I mean, what was it? Twenty six yards. The the spot is questionable at best. I've seen a million different angles of it. It's like the Sapruder film at this point. Tennessee fans think they get a first down. The spot is not in favor of Tennessee. They rule them short of the line of game. Turnover on downs. Fans start booing, and then they start throwing stuff onto the field. And it gets to the point where for and listen, this was not Ole Miss's decision. This was the decision of the people. Uh, in charge of security in Neyland Stadium. They said, hey, please move on to the field further away from the bench, further away from the fans, because we don't want the liability of somebody getting hit in the head with a beer can, a golf ball, in the case of Lane Kiffin, or anything else in between. They have to evacuate the band. They have to they eva- they have to evacuate the Pride of the South marching band so that so much with 54 seconds left, when Tennessee gets uh when Tennessee is driving down the field that they cannot play Rocky Top, or rather when Tennessee gets the ball back after they use all three of their uh, their timeouts, and then they get a first down, they can't play Rocky Top in the stadium with the band. They have to pump it in because the band's off the field. The cheerleaders, the dance squad, they have to be evacuated for the, the, the well-being of everybody involved. It's a safety precaution, but then you get this today, where it's a judgment made of all Vols fans. And it's a shame on all of Tennessee that this is the way that a certain segment of the fan base, whether it's 100, whether it's 300, whether it's 1,000 out of 102,000 people that were in that stadium last night, whatever the number is, it's a much, much smaller percentage than the wide net that's being cast. Also, you can say that, one, it's completely unfair to judge all Vols fans that way. Two, if people are judging, like, you know, I saw David Ubbin wrote an article today that I thought, especially for somebody who was on the Vols beat, and I love David. I think David does great work. But, you know, it just felt like it missed the mark to me today. I saw, uh, I saw, oh, Pete uh, Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports write something that really didn't seem to vibe with what exactly happened in that stadium last night. And I can't speak to what happened in that stadium last night. I was watching it on television like the vast majority of us. But the way that people attacked this wholesale and said, no, this is an embarrassment for the entirety of the university and the entirety of the fan base. And frankly, it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing because that should not be, you should not take away from an incredible game, an incredible moment, an incredible environment, all the things that Vols fans did right to set that up and give that game the juice. It sucks that that's what we end up talking about. That's what spends the most time being analyzed is the fact that people were throwing mustard bottles and golf balls on the field after the fact, when that's not really the case at all. That's not what the main, that's not what the lead should be, but it's the most sensational thing. It's the easiest way to get reaction. And that's why it's being, it's a, it's conversation that's being completely derailed by so many different people. And frankly, what I would say to you is don't get bent out of shape about people writing about you that don't know you because there's a lot of that being done today. And also understand the perspective of people like myself who were saying, yeah, you know, it's not an indictment of all Vols fans or an indictment of the University of Tennessee, but it does suck that there's a certain segment of the population that's going to embarrass the rest of you 
or the rest of us that way. It sucks. You have to acknowledge it. It happened. But there's no way, there's no reason to further drag the entirety of the fan base through the mud. That was the mistake that I thought was being critically made. So what drove you the most crazy about this particular situation? TK Bulls says, bingo. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't seem that hard to me to walk through each of this, each layer of this story and say, step by step, okay, this is wrong. This is being judged wrongly. The officials seem to call a bad game last night. And also there were moments that Tennessee squandered opportunities. So I'm not, I'm not taking one thing and making my entire opinion off of that thing, which it seems so many people, and I love, I love my, uh, I, I listen, I think that sports media is one of the coolest things to do in the world. It's ridiculous that people pay us money to do a job like this. But also, I'm looking at a lot of my colleagues in sports media today and be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? Why are we twisting this story in a way that it doesn't need to be twisted? Because all you're going to do, and maybe this drives content, and I know this because I'm in the content game too, right? I'm in the clicks game. I know what stirs people up. I know how to maximize engagement. This is something that A to Z Sports has taught me very, very well. It's why I'm successful on sports talk radio. That sounded like like it's such a douchebag way to say that. Not that I'm so great at sports talk radio because I understand content, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I think that way, so I get why people are positioning that way. But also, it does nothing to further the dialogue, and it does nothing but piss people off on both sides. Maybe that's your objective, but I just think it's such a such a piss poor approach to what should be celebrated yet, like yesterday, which was such a damn fun game in the SEC. But you can't isolate it unto itself. The problem is, it's not only being not isolated unto itself; it's being completely taken out of context, and that's what sucks the most. Um, Timothy Guilford says it was just such a gut punch every time the refs got involved. How can a ref 20 yards away determine the spot of the ball? I, I'm not disputing that. And listen, I thought that the thought that the statement by Greg Sankey was it it missed the mark. Basically, you know, wagging a finger at Tennessee fans and not acknowledging how poor the officiating was throughout the course of that game. And it's not the only moment that that has come up throughout the course of the season as any, you know, Alabama fan or LSU fan or Kentucky fan or, you know, Ole Miss fans. I mean, there, there's been bad and you can't, you're not going to be able to get the officiating perfect each and every week, but every week it seems like there's a call that completely changes the dynamic of the game. Uh, Tennessee fans going to be the reason they ban condiments for stadiums. Brace for bland hot dogs, says Bryce Coburn. And it's beautiful because Bryce is, <laughs> Bryce is, Profile picture is that damn mustard bottle. Who sneaks a mustard? One, who sneaks a mustard bottle in? Two, what was it being used for? Was it filled with alcohol that some student snuck in? Did the alcohol then taste like mustard after the fact? Or was it just some, you know, food enthusiast saying, you know what? I don't want to pay for mustard when I get in this stadium. Let me bring my own. Let me load my hot dog up, my hot dog up. Feels like 98. I'm a hit Kiffin with it on the way out the door. It's just such a, it's such a ridiculous thing that we witnessed last night. TK says it wasn't, uh, that wasn't a first down replay clearly showed that. Yeah, but it's got, it's got so spun out of control. He was short, says Jeff Rubel. I've seen it a million times and I don't think anybody could declaratively say, but the part, what, what Jeff is saying though, 
And what people who are pointing out that the spot was short, there was not enough evidence to overturn the spot. And that's something that you got to live with. It sucks. It's I, I didn't necessarily, again, from my vantage point, watching it on television and seeing the replay, I didn't think that they got the spot correct. I did not think there was enough evidence to overturn the spot that they put down. And so to me, the call, you know, I'll live with it. But of course, because it's such a critical call in such a stressful moment in the game, that that's going to be the emphasis when that's not really, that's not really what the focal point should be today. Uh, Chris Cantrell says, Ole Miss kids faking being hurt. And listen, there was, there was, there's no disputing. There's no disputing that that happened last night. But also, like, I got I got yelled at on Twitter by a bunch of people because I said, if you boo players who are down on the field, you're a shitty human being. I don't make the rules. And it's because my there are some moments where it was clear and obvious to everybody that, that guys were faking injury to slow down the tempo, okay? I'm not ignorant. I, I know that that exists. And there's only so much that I can express on Twitter. And this is why I don't – this is why I need to have less conversations on Twitter because it's so easy – to you know, to 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 not be able to get your full point across, and then to just get it drug into arguments that keep going in circles and circles and circles. I know that was happening. What I'm saying is, I hate when people boo across the board because not only did people boo Ole Miss players go down on the field. I mean, there were Tennessee fans that were cheering when Matt Corral got hurt, and that kind of stuff. I that shit bothers me. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't know for sure who's injured, who's not. You can guess, and you can you can understand that how many kids were going down on defense while Tennessee was driving that slowed down the pace of play. I get it, all right? I really, really do. It's just on principle. I hate that people boo people who may or may not have an injury. That I, I There's nothing I'm going to do about it. I understand I'm on the losing side of that argument. I just think that I, I, just, I just hate it. I just hate it. That's all that I'm saying about that. But let's, let's hear from Lane Kiffin here in just a second, and maybe that's not what you want to do uh, after you lose – to Lane Kiffin when he returns to Rocky Top. But the question that I'm asking you guys is what part of the Vols loss frustrated you the most yesterday? I'll tell you what frustrated me the most, if you can't already tell, here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings has so many great offers, whether you're betting the NFL like Sunday Night Football whether you are betting the NLCS between the Dodgers and the Braves tied up 2-2 in the top of the fifth right now, uh, two on at present for Los Angeles. So we'll keep an eye on that because that score has the potential to be broken up or broken open pretty soon, two outs as well in the top of the fifth. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, can get you involved in so many different ways, like same-game parlays that combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2Z Sports that you see directly behind me and in front of me, and you can get in on all the action. Promo code A to Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So what frustrated you most about that Tennessee Ole Miss game yesterday? The thing that frustrated me is the fact that we're not talking about the game. Instead, we're talking about all the shit that happened around the game. What are you feeling right now? Relief. 
I don't know if I'm more excited that we found a way to win or I didn't get hit with the golf balls they were throwing at me, but no, really, our defense rose to the occasion. We did horrible on offense there about not finish off, so great job. The quarterback battled with a ton of injuries around him. We had basically four starters didn't play on offense, so an electric crowd, credit to them. You know, this is a great place and great fans. I know a lot of it was by design. You talked to us about Matt Corral potentially putting that seatbelt on. Maybe we need to move up to airbag, try to get him to start sliding a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we had to do what we had to do. Once Braylon went down, that's really two of his top four receivers out. The tight end was out, left guard was out. So what you said today when we walked in and all the fans were yelling, you said, do you feel, how do you feel? I said, we got number two, so we'll be all right. All right, so your team comes in, all the adversity, everything with the fans. Obviously, Tennessee makes a great comeback in the second half. What did you learn about your football team tonight? Well, you know, I'm actually glad that if we were to win a game, we won it on defense like that instead of just another great offensive performance. So um, for our defense to rise occasion really twice because they had to stop them twice there was awesome. Can you just take me through any conversations you were having towards the end of the game about how it was going to finish, if it was finished, anything of that nature? Well, I mean, they were just throwing stuff, and I just said, put your helmets on, let's play. And it's actually their people came over to moot us off, and some of people knew before that was worried about us. So, you know, it is what it is. They're passionate fans, and there are 100,000 people that came to see a show, you know, and didn't end up the way they wanted. So it is what it is. Thank you, Coach. All right, see you guys. So that's Lane Kiffin post game, and – I thought, you know, I know I know a lot of Vols fans hate Lane. I think a lot of Vols fans are just kind of, you know, they don't hold on to Lane Kiffin the way that, and and I say media, like I'm not a part of it because I also leaned into the Lane Kiffin Tennessee storyline this week. It's a great one. It's a really, really great one. But the thing that drives me crazy is that we're not talking to Lane Kiffin about, you know, Matt Corral after the, we are talking to Lane Kiffin a little bit about Matt Corral. After the fact, but we're we're talking about officiating. We're talking about a strip sack fumble recovery touchdown that wasn't that was wiped off the board by, against Tennessee. That we're talking about, you know, a fourth and twenty-seven spot that could have gone either way, and ultimately there's not enough evidence to overturn. We're talking about debris being thrown from the stands, and Kiffin, God love him, is holding the golf ball on national television after the fact because he knows exactly what he's going to do, and Je- Lane Kiffin is going to lean into it better than anybody. Long live Lane Kiffin. We need more people like him in college football. And ultimately, what I took away from that game from a football standpoint is, man, I kind of like this Tennessee team in ways that I did not anticipate liking them. And it all gets flushed down the drain as soon as a certain segment of the population in that stadium takes controls take control of the narrative and selfishly makes it about themselves. I'm saying it's not widespread. It's not the majority of Vols fans. The majority of Vols fans are wonderful, incredible people. I deal with them. I work with them. I talk to you guys on a regular basis, uh, whether it's here in the chat or on social media. Like, I, that's not my experience. And then things get out of hand. It's a night game. It's Lane Kiffin. It's a sellout. People are drinking all day, and they lose their damn minds. It's like, you know, in the NBA, in the NBA playoffs after fans return to the stadiums, or the stands for the first time, and people are dumping popcorn on Russell Westbrook and, and throwing, you know, I can't I can't think of another instance where people were throwing. Well, hell, I mean, there was there was stuff being thrown um, in uh, in one of the NFL games today in London in, in the Jags versus the Dolphins. That shit happens everywhere. It doesn't mean that one fan base is classier than another, 
It means that there's shitty people in every fan base in the world and that they have the ability to ruin it for everybody else. That's what drove me crazy today. The way that the selfishness of a certain segment of the fan population took complete control of the narrative and derailed the conversation that should be about this game. Uh, you can't throw yourself like trash can bucks, says Dylan Madden. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm a huge Vol fan, says Cam Myatt. When Lane left years ago, I hated him. That being said, I felt like he handled everything pretty good when he could have blasted us and the fans. I still feel like he loves Knoxville. He probably does, Cam. I mean, I, listen, I've only driven through Knoxville. I've never, I've never set foot in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've only driven through on my way just uh, passing through East Tennessee a couple of years ago, but, and I, and I'd love to go to a game. I want to experience it. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, my, uh, my radio producer, Lucas about it, uh, because he was at the game. He went to the university of Tennessee. My experience, my college experience is a hell of a lot different than everybody who went to Tennessee or go, who maybe didn't go to the university, but went to games, right? Cause I don't, we didn't go to college football games at Indiana. We went to basketball games, but it's a totally different world. So what I'm saying is that's the thing that frustrates me the most about how it went down. And I did think that Lane Kiffin handled that well. Um, Somebody just tweeted me, Dawson Wooten just tweeted me and said, this is just one of the many reasons why we booed because the Vol Herald is saying they will have to put a rule change in place for this. uh, If you have to have medical attention on the field, yeah, about Lane Kiffin and about the Ole Miss players going down due to injury or injury, quote unquote. I'm not, I'm not disputing its existence. I just, I don't like it. Okay. And that's a different conversation for another day. Let's move on because I feel like we're starting to spin our wheels on this. Chris Cantrell says you can't give up 150 yards to a quarterback. I assume Chris means 150 yards on the ground and he had more than 150 yards on the ground. Matt Corral did. It was an incredible for That's, that's the thing. We should also be talking about Matt Corral is the best quarterback in college football. It's wild that nobody is talking about that after that game. He had, let's see, he had 30 carries for 195 yards. He did a bunch of his damage on third down in that five-point loss to, uh, or that five-point win for Ole Miss over Tennessee. He was responsible for over 400 yards of offense himself, 231 through the air, 195 on the ground. He threw his first, Tennessee, Tennessee's defense forced his first interception of the season. He's only thrown one through seven weeks of college football, and Tennessee did that. Uh, Phillips says 196. Damn it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, he broke Johnny Manziel's rushing record last night, says TK. It was crazy, and it gets completely lost in the shuffle of, you know, people in the media wanting to shout down Tennessee fans and Tennessee fans wanting to fight back because they feel like they're being – misrepresented and all of it spirals and spirals. And then of course, Lewis Chesney is in the chat, the comments on, on, on Facebook live and just says anchor down like anybody, like anybody in the chat is going to say anchor down with any kind of pride today, because the way that the way that Vanderbilt lost yesterday is something that should be talked about more, but because they are so bad and because they blew it in such dramatic fashion, I think there was, I mean, what was there? It was like 34 seconds left on the clock when they gave up a touchdown to South Carolina to like the, this, you know, this, this janitor basically that's playing quarterback for South Carolina and no offense to anybody who's janitor, but like, I'm not saying you're not going to play in an SEC football game. If you're a janitor coming off the bench, and I know he's not an actual janitor. I know he's like a graduate assistant, but whatever, like it's ridiculous the way that Vanderbilt lost last night. Uh, Timothy Guilford says that muff punt, man. I mean, there's so, so much 
to dive into from this weekend in college football. Jeffrey Benson said Vandy going to Vandy. I mean, they did in the worst way yesterday. The worst possible way did Vanderbilt do what Vanderbilt does. All right, let's move on and let's talk about Edo because he is resigning uh, or is being bought out at LSU. That was announced today in the middle of the NFL slate. Uh, he's going to finish the season. He's not going to return next season. He's got a massive buyout that LSU is just going to flat out pay to get rid of him, even after they upset Florida on Saturday. So the question that I want to ask you guys on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, which is the better college football job? Is it LSU or USC? Let me know in the comments section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together and we'll hear some analysis from CBS Sports today. And will Lane Kiffin be the next coach of LSU? I think that's a pretty interesting conversation that I'm sure is going to happen this offseason because Brandon Roberts is already on it. He says Lane will be the next head coach of LSU. Book it. We'll see. Um, But let's talk about Edo and which job opening is the better one between LSU and USC. Get get into... uh, Let's get into this conversation. We'll have it together right after I tell you guys about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without stress. GaryAshton.com is where you go to sell your home for more if you're in the market to do so. The official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, A to Z Sports Prime Time is Gary Ashton at GaryAshton.com. And in fact, If you are going to the Monday night football game between the Titans and the Bills, Gary Ashton has a tailgate at every Titans home game right in front of the stadium, right when you come across the pedestrian bridge from Broadway. You can be right in front of the Gary Ashton tailgate where they have food, live music, cornhole, so many great things, so many great games, so many activities for you, your friends, and your family. If you want to come hang out, do so. I'm going to stop by the Gary Ashton tailgate as well before I head into the stadium to cover Titans and the Bills on a Monday night. GaryAshton.com. So, what's the better job, LSU or USC? Because if you haven't been paying attention to what happened in the college football world today, Ed Orgeron, he's going to finish this season, but he's out in 22 at Louisiana State. University. Ed Orgeron will not return next season as LSU's football coach after both sides reached a separation agreement. That's according to multiple reports. He is expected to finish this season. It is, of course, a stunning turn of events for Orgeron, who led the Tigers to a 15-0 record in a national championship in 2019 with Joe Burrow as his quarterback. Without most of that title-winning team, Coach O went 5-5 in the pandemic-shortened season in 2020, and he's 4-3 this season after upsetting Florida yesterday. To take a look at his full record under Ogeron, LSU is expected to pay his entire buyout, which is over $17 million, and then pursue a new head coach. Ogeron, 49-17, and 17, and is 13-5 and five in games against top 10 teams while coaching the Tigers. It's crazy how fast that changed at LSU. Edo is out. He, uh, they have negotiated a buyout. This is from Alex Scarborough on ESPN. In 2019, he led LSU to an undefeated record in the national championship. Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Orgeron won every National Coach of the Year award. He ended up, you know, sputtering out last year. They go five and five. 
They travel to Ole Miss on Saturday, which will be pretty interesting. Now, the details of that contract settlement have not been disclosed, or at least I haven't seen them disclosed publicly just yet. Um, There's also lawsuits hanging over Ed Orgeron. He was a defendant in an amended Title IX lawsuit against LSU that accused him of failing to properly report an allegation of rape against one of his players. In uh, 2016, in the fall of 2016, Ashlyn Robertson told her new boyfriend who had been recruited to play for LSU that Darius Geis had raped her, and apparently Orgeron was a defendant in that Title IX lawsuit about not properly disclosing that allegation. Um, Robertson's boyfriend disclosed the rape to Orgeron, who allegedly responded by telling Robertson's boyfriend not to be upset because everybody's girlfriend sleeps with other people, and that's the ridiculous, you know, that's that that's a bit a, lo- a part of a larger story that, you know, if he was going to be fired for anything or if he's going to be dismissed for anything, it should be that. But instead, it's because he's not winning enough games as the head coach of the Tigers. Uh, Buck, can you let Facebook know I'm still here? LOL, Big Ten Jeff says Elk 70. I, uh, yeah, I, I believe I've just done that on Twitch. Do as you like. Darla Coleman says, I love Coach O. Well, uh, LSU doesn't because he's out on the street. Uh, you, uh, you trash urban, but suck on Ed. Why, what am I, what do you mean? Suck on Ed? Nobody's, nobody's sucking up to Ed Orgeron today. Uh, trash urban. It's like, it's not even remotely the same situation. And if there is a similar situation on Ed Orgeron that is uh, anywhere close to urban Meyer, I haven't seen it yet. And if you're asking me to compare or wreck them for different things, the only thing that I would say is Ed Orgeron should have been fired for this thing about Darius Geis with the uh, in defending himself against the Title IX allegation or a violation that was reported some time ago. But instead, he's being let go because he didn't win enough football games, which is a completely ridiculous thing. But that's the way that college football works. And that's why the sport is largely disgusting to me. But so whatever you're saying, you trash Urban, but suck on Ed. No, I don't know what false equivalency you're trying to draw there, Dylan. But if you want to fight about it, Go bring me some evidence that Ed Orgeron has done anything similar to Urban Meyer in the last couple of weeks, and we could talk about it. I'm happy to talk about it. I just don't know what the hell you're talking about outside of that. Uh, Freeze won't fix their issues, says Walter Williams. Yeah, Hugh Freeze just out there lurking in the background at Liberty. Uh, Dylan on Facebook is that shithead you called out about the Urban shit. Says Mr. Shuckle, well, you know, I forgive me, Dylan, for not uh, for not um remembering you that way if you're somebody who is still wanting to fight this fight it's the same sport you the sportsman you the sportsman do the research holy cow they pay you. all right i don't have time for this tonight dylan you the sportsman what do you No, you are you or you could go you apostrophe re not you the sportsman you can be grammatically correct if you want to argue with me you have the ability to control your keyboard dylan not me and if you want to bitch about it, bring me some evidence that there's something anywhere close to what Ed Orgeron or what Urban Meyer did, and I will happily talk about it if it is anywhere close to as relevant as Urban Meyer was to Titans fans. Urban Ed, Ed Orgeron's uh, Ed Orgeron's personal life is not nearly as interesting to Tennessee sports fans, which is what we do. It's a local Tennessee sports show, and Urban Meyer plays in the same division as the Tennessee Titans. If Ed Orgeron was out there for anything but a football story, we'd probably be talking about it. Don't be such a dunce. <laughs> it's so stupid. So which is the better job? Uh, which is the better job at uh, at uh, LSU or USC? Ed Orgeron has been the coach of both of them. 
ironically enough, and Lane Kiffin may soon be the coach of both. No, I have no idea whether uh, whether um, whether Lane Kiffin is going to go to LSU. But what I will say to you is LSU is a much better situation. They will give you all of the resources in the world. They will clearly protect you against all of the things that are out there lurking against you, whether you're Kim Mulkey, who they paid a bunch of money to to come over from Baylor, whether you're Ed Orgeron, whether you're Les Miles. Like, it's there's some job security in it, but you damn sure better win. So there's going to be pressure on you that there's not at USC, but LSU will give you much more, many more resources to win uh, that USC, I don't know, I don't necessarily know I don't necessarily know will provide you with the same kind of support. Also, I mean, it is in the SEC West, though, which is just an absolute meat grinder. And it's easy to worry about one opponent in the Pac-12 like Oregon than it is to worry about, you know, literally every team that you see on a week-in, week-out basis when you reach conference play in the SEC. All right, let's wrap things up with this is a free site, the best thing that I saw on the Internet this week. The question that I have for you is, does Aaron Rodgers own Bears fans? Let me know on Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. It's a simple it's a simple question, yes or no. Does Aaron Rodgers own Bears fans? Give us your response while I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all your HVAC needs, commercial, residential, ductwork, improved air quality. All of these things can be accomplished at Brymac Mechanical, three locations in Tennessee and in Kentucky. They will be able to take care of you in almost anywhere that you listen to this show. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical, the best in the business, is at Brymac.com. So let's uh, let's get into this conversation about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I guess it's a simple one. Does Aaron Rodgers own Bears fans? Because they won today. And uh, and he he was pretty quick to let Bears fans know that yes he does in fact own them. He had some choice workers. It's Rogers running for the score. In fact, he does own them. Aaron Rodgers has been a monster since coming to the Green Bay Packers and especially against the uh, especially against the Chicago Bears. It is without question owes them is what he was saying. LOL says Mark Jones, whether he owes them or he owns them. He gave it to him today, as he has done year in and year out to the detriment of Bears fans, no matter who their quarterback is, no matter who their coach is, no matter who plays for their defense. Aaron Rodgers definitively owns the Green Bay Packers. Um, let's uh, let's wrap things up. It's been a fun show. Remember, no primetime tomorrow night because Monday Night Football. I'll be at Nissan Stadium. I'll be covering the game. Uh, we'll, we'll do a quick bit from the Gary Ashton tailgate. So if you're out tailgating, I don't have pregame radio tomorrow either because, uh, I'll do my 10 to one radio show, but no time for the Lee company countdown to kick off because three HL will take you right up until Titans countdown. I'll be on Titans radio, of course, with Jim Wyatt right before kickoff as is the custom. So if you want to listen 
do a little pregame analysis about 10 minutes before kick. We always do that with Coach Mack, with Mike Keith, with Rep Ryan, with Amy Wells, Jimmy Wyatt, and myself. They keep they bill us as the Titans insiders, so that's what we provide to you, and we'll be there in person on Monday Night Football, and I hope to see many of you out there. Stay warm, stay safe, enjoy your tailgating, make sure you don't throw shit on the field, because if you throw shit, I won't be on the, oh, maybe I'll be on the field pregame, we'll see. But if you throw if you throw stuff on the field while I'm on the field and it gets anywhere close to me because I'm going to be wearing a really nice suit and I'm not going to put up with that stuff, I will come after you in a way that Lane Kiffin was way, way more polite about it than I would be. Uh, I love uh, I love all of you guys. Thank you for your, uh, for your participation as always. And we will uh, speak to you on next on Tuesday night um, and the radio show tomorrow. We'll talk about A.J. Brown, who is questionable with an Ill- illness. We'll get into it over the course of the evening. And uh, <laughs> Dylan says, I'd love to find you at a game and call you a clown, honestly. Well, Dylan, if you can make it to a game and you want to come up and call me a clown to my face, you are more than welcome to do so. Just know that the only person who's made a clown out of themselves consistently in the comment section for everybody to see. It's not just me that can see this, of course. Because, Dylan, you're watching on Facebook. Numbers look like they're about, what, 50 to 60 on Facebook tonight. We've got 101 people watching on Twitter. We've got about 50 or 60 people watching on YouTube, and I don't have the Twitch numbers in front of me, but there are a lot of people in here, Dylan, and you're embarrassing yourself. So if you want to embarrass yourself further, please, you're welcome to come up to me and uh, and call me a clown in my face. But just remember, don't ask for a picture afterwards because I'm not going to have time for you. See you tomorrow night. <laughs>